Shamai, Kroisor, and welcome to the CC4 Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcasts. I'm Stephen Hedges. This week we have a bonus episode. With the test series between Sri Lanka and England taking place, we were lucky enough to give them the opportunity to talk to someone who's been out to Sri Lanka and assisted with help in the wake of the tsunami of 2004. So in a minute you'll hear Edwina Smart from Pontypridd talk about that. And following her interview, we have one with Kushil Gunasekara, founder of the Foundation of Goodness and cricket supporter and lover. Uh, he'll be talking about all the good work that they do and how we can help with any work that they do in the future. So let's get straight to it. Um, I spoke to Edwina earlier this week. So we'd like to welcome back uh, to the podcast Edwina Smart, Pontypridd librarian cricket fan of Glamorgan and English cricket and a friend of the podcast. Uh, hi Edwina. Hi Stephen, good hi. evening. Good evening. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the tsunami that hit Sri Lanka in 2004? Yeah, we'd been on holiday two weeks before the tsunami hit. Boxing Day 2004 was just a nightmare because it was on TV. We could see people and places that we'd been to. It was quite quite a disturbing time knowing that we'd been there two weeks previously and the hotels had been washed away and people we knew had been affected. After a few weeks, obviously, people started doing fundraising, so we did go and do some fundraising in Cardiff with people we knew that were Sri Lankan. And then there was a journal article in my magazine, my professional journal, Sillet, about a Dr. Pramila Gamaga, who was a Sri Lankan librarian who was trying to get funds together to help out with libraries, getting them back to being replaced. That affected me quite deeply being a librarian. We were actually travelling to Sri Lanka not long afterwards, so I arranged to meet Pramila out in Colombo, and we made an immediate connection, and I said then that we would do our best to help her. We went out to the project, and the actual village was called Andragasaya, and it's a tiny little village. The tsunami went in about 60 kilometers and obviously it's in a rural area affected them with salt water so that affected how they could grow their rice and basically generally live so Pramila had done some scoping work and she'd found this little school out in the uh, Karinda area so we decided to literally jump on a minibus and go with her and see what we could do we took with us an artist and we did a workshop with the children because we found through experience that helping children with music and reading and art, they can often express themselves after something traumatic. So we did a series of workshops with this particular artist and I brought back some of their artwork. We then turned the artwork into little notelets, which we sold, and all the money we raised then went back to Pramila in Sri Lanka for her to keep supplying the library. And when we were there we met a young man called Pradeep Mangala and nobody would work with Pradeep when we were doing the workshops because he was absolutely hopeless he was terrible so there is a picture of me somewhere working with Pradeep so over a period of a couple of years we'd go back to Sri Lanka 
and we would visit the project and take with us different people. So we took with us musicians. We took one person there called Shirley, who's the equivalent of Tom Jones. So we had many, many people hanging over the wall of the school, watching him sing and perform. And over time, working with the children has had a profound effect. And we raised lots of money, actually, because we brought back more paintings from the project and we had them framed, and thanks to one of the Cannon Taft libraries, we had an art display in Cannon Valley Museum. That then was taken to Cambridge University, where Waterstones in Cambridge kindly hosted us. It went to several schools around the UK through their libraries and librarians. It ended up in Hatfield in a conference, which I went to, because I was speaking about the tsunami and what the work we'd done. And we managed to sell all the paintings off for quite a large amount of money, which then went back to Pramila in uh, Colombo. And she would go to the local bookshops and buy books in Singlese and Tamil and English for the children. One of the major things she did do, actually, was buy past papers for the 11 Plus. 11 Plus is still very big in Sri Lanka. And what it meant was the children who had this experience of doing past papers improved their chances for the future. And the numbers then in the school, because obviously, because there was lots of people going to this little school in the middle of nowhere, it meant that more children started going to school where they would normally drop out and go and work on the family's plot. They kept going to school. So the number of pupils went up from 54 to 72. Attendance level, which is always a, a good indicator, went up by 25%. And we managed to increase the number of children passing the 11 plus. So that then meant those children went to a better school, which gave them a better chance of you know, getting a better job in, in the future. Over the period of time we were doing it, we managed to keep, getting the number of pupils to go up. Attendance got to 100%. They had a new stage put in. They had security. Because unlike here in the UK, the problem they would have in Sri Lanka, bizarrely, was elephants. And they often had problems with the local elephants wandering through and wrecking the school. So overall... So what, span, what, what um, span of time are we talking about, Edwina, from uh, 2004 through till when? To... to, to well, up till about last year, I've still got sort of contact with the school. So gradually, over every year, there was an increase in the number going to the school, the numbers passing the 11 plus, and then knock-on effect then was the, the principal, because his school all of a sudden went from zero up to quite high in the district, came to the attention of the authorities. They then promoted him to a much larger school, and it became a centre of excellence. So the local people were really impressed with the work through the art, the libraries. And also we did take some cricket kit out there and uh, the children obviously enjoyed their sport as well. So and you obviously made a lot of links out in Sri Lanka, but there were also yeah. links that you already had here in pont Yeah, when I went to do teacher training in 1993 my teaching system was Sri Lankan and Kumi was married to a British man uh, Mr Bankett David and I had Sri Lankan links then then when I worked previously I'd worked in Fitzalan in Cardiff and one of the teaching assistants there was also a Sri Lankan 
lady. And so we've always had sort of an affinity with Sri Lanka. And we had a rather large number of Sri Lankan people come to Pontypridd Cricket Club to play cricket. And that's continued since then. We've made great friends with all those people. We continue to do lots of work with them through the Foundation of Goodness. And we'll, we'll come on to the Foundation of Goodness. Yeah. But how important is cricket in Sri Lanka? I, I think it's the thing where Bill Shankly said, you know, about football being more important than anything. It is definitely the same in Sri Lanka. They will play on the railway lines. They will play with any bat, any ball. It doesn't matter what patch of ground you go past. There's always several cricket matches going on. And they absolutely adore their cricket. And obviously their cricket is there now. That is the ultimate, much more important than football or any other sport out in Sri Lanka cricket is the number one game uh, and for you as a cricket fan you you've gone out with your husband John um and followed England on a tour there um what was that like? yes we've done we've done that we've done several tours there including sitting on the fort in Gaul watching the game and there is a lovely little link Pal- with perhaps somebody who's in everybody's mind at the moment the left arm spinner for Sri Lanka Lassie Fembladenia <laughs> Well, again, it links back to uh, Pontypridd Cricket Club. We had a fantastic person called Janaka Ranawira playing for us. We've kept in touch with him. He's now got a hotel out in Sri Lanka. It's called the Blue Beach. If anybody wants to go on holiday, fabulous, we'll recommend it. And Janaka, we've been to stay with him a couple of times. And he said, would we like to meet his nephew? He was an up-and-coming cricketer. And we said, yeah, we'd love to. And he was an absolutely fantastic boy really you know all he did was spin a ball all the time we were talking to him he was obviously going to go play so we were so thrilled to meet him and we had dinner with the family and we've kept in touch with him ever since so it's very split loyalties now do you spot England or do you spot Sri Lanka because Lasith is playing he's he did amazingly well in the first test and you're aware that he's gone into the history books in that first test Absolutely. Taking the first of taking the wickets of both openers in both innings for single yeah. figures. The first yeah. spinner in history to do that. He is an absolutely amazing young man. He's very, very sort of quietly, softly spoken, very gentle. But what a player. Absolutely. I only wish he could play for us in Glamorgan. Um have a word with Mr. Morris. Right. I was going to mention or you, you did mention the foundation of goodness can you tell us a little bit about that yeah the foundation of goodness was established in 1999 by an absolutely amazing man called Kushil Gunsekara he donated his family home to the village of Sinagama when the tsunami hit he was actually involved in that because the village is right on the coast and he and the villagers ran to very, very high ground nearby. And I know you probably know, and many people listening to this will know where the railway was washed away and the train and many, many lives were lost. That is only a couple of hundred yards from where the foundation was established. Kushil then, after the tsunami, decided to do even more than he'd previously done. And he said he sort of expanded the foundation and it involves Mutaya Mudarithran, Kumar Sangakara, Mahela Jamewarna, and they basically did a lot of fundraising, people including Brian Adams, the Canadian singer. He actually sold his guitar 
and raised money for the foundation. And I think they raised no, $2,700,000 by selling one guitar. And Brian Adams gave money to Cushell and they've built an Olympic sized swimming pool because one of the problems of the tsunami was many of the people, although they live by the sea, couldn't swim. So one of the things they do now in Sinagama is teach people to swim, which has probably saved a lot of lives. So we got to know Cushell. And then when our younger son, Gethin, left university in Swansea, he went out there as one of the first international volunteers. And he spent six months there and became fluent in Singalese. And he taught basically coached cricket out there to various teams in the island. Perhaps to finish, I'm going to take you back a little bit now. You told us about a, a young man called Pradeep. Yeah, Pradeep Mankala. What happened to well, him? Well, with Pradeep, what happened was when I first was there, and there is a picture of me, quite interestingly, with dark hair and not, no longer dark, Pradeep, nobody would play with him. Nobody would get involved with him because he was, he could not clap to save his life and, and all the singing, so I helped him. After several sessions, Pradeep was now leading the prayers for the school, which was fantastic. We decided to target various children who we knew would make the grade kind of thing. But it was obvious from Pradeep's background he wouldn't. But the main thing that Pradeep wanted was a bike. So we managed to raise some money. And one of my colleagues I used to work with many years ago was actually traveling the world and she delivered a bike to Pradeep. But it has meant he's been able to move around the island more freely than walking everywhere. And uh, I do believe he's working in a wildlife park now as a ranger, which he wouldn't have done without the input from the work we did in all the workshops. So we'd like to welcome uh, Kushil Gunasekara, who is the founder and chief trustee of the Foundation of Goodness in Sri Lanka. Welcome, Kushil. Thank you very much, Stuart. Yeah, perhaps as a cricket podcast, we might uh, talk to you initially about your background and interest in cricket. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Well, yeah, I played some decent cricket uh, for a very good school in Colombo in Sri Lanka called Ananda College, which has produced the most number of test cricketers and international cricketers. I played first class cricket, didn't, didn't really uh, make the national team because I went overseas as well. I was a businessman, but now I run my own charity for the last 13 years. I was also the secretary of Sri Lanka uh, cricket. Uh, I was secretary, um, you know, a couple of times. And then uh, I happened to meet uh, the legendary Muthaya Murlidharan. He was very young and he was playing cricket at the time. So we struck a very good uh, partnership together, uh, trying to serve humanity. And, um, you know, in uh, the year 2000, he appointed me as his manager and that was the first time a Sri Lankan sportsman had appointed. So he came from a, a Tamil background and I came from a singular background. So uh, the partnership worked exceptionally well. Uh, as of now, he's not uh, chased me out. Uh, so we are still uh, having this lovely relationship. But more importantly, we also uh, kind of co-founded. I, I founded the Foundation of Goodness and then he joined in almost immediately after that. Thereafter, of course, uh, Kumar Sangakkara, Mahila Jayavadana, uh, Russell Arnold, and a whole, whole lot of other trustees joined as well. You know, one of the guys who actually came came on board with me at the same time, and Murali was another 
another gentleman by the name of Ashan Mallasekar. Uh, he was a rugby player. But, um, you know, we, we, we have now taken the foundation of goodness into a, a kind of another level uh, from where it was originally when we started in 1999. As for me, uh, in the cricket administration, as well as playing cricket and being not only a cricket fan and a cricket lover, but to see the game uh, prosper and flourish in this country. Tell us a little bit more about the foundation, uh, Kushil, what it is, what its aims are, and how, uh, and how you set about doing the work that you do. Okay, so I originated from a rural village, and my father had the means to... Uh, you know, support my uh, education in Colombo. Um, so each time I came back to the village, I saw this disparity. There was a huge divide between the urban and the rural sectors. So I was kind of uh, not devastated, but disturbed that uh, such a disparity exists between the urban and the rural sectors. So I wanted to give this same opportunity that they lacked. Uh, because every time I went to the village, I, I realized there were hundreds and hundreds of kids smarter, cleverer, brighter, uh, more skillful, uh, talented than I was. And they were not making the same progress. So I knew they lacked the opportunity, uh, the facilities, the um, you know, exposure and uh, to make progress. So I vowed one day I was going to come back to my village uh, when I could afford to and set up the... Uh, you know, the opportunities uh, that uh, I got when I was a youngster and uh, I wanted to landscape the two villages uh, adjoining the one I was, uh, you know, from. And um, today, uh, by some stroke of luck and uh, perseverance, uh, never giving up, staying positive and doing the best I can, you know, we are now in 500 villages serving 35,000 beneficiaries annually, free of cost. Um, to make better progress and giving opportunities and facilities, exposure and the training. So uh, we have 10, 10 centers around the country, 11 uh, to, all together with the flagship venue and our sports academy. Uh, it's really worked very well. And uh, now we can see we are bridging the gap uh, that exists widely between the urban and the rural uh, segments. I, I hesitate to ask because I can imagine there are a long list but what have, what have been the major successes of the foundation? Um, I'm really happy that, uh, you know, there are so many, uh, whether it's athletes, um, whether it's, uh, you know, website uh, designers or developers, um, operational managers, chefs, uh, architects, software engineers, um, everyone uh, is getting an opportunity to advance in their careers uh, to make better progress because, you know, I can see we will never be prosperous to the extent uh, unless we harness this talent uh, that we have in abundance in villagers. So uh, we need to give them that opportunity to excel in life. You know, if you take cricket alone, there are about eight ladies from our uh, ladies cricket team uh, that have represented Sri Lanka. You know, so many others also from different sports and from, from men's cricket. We've all already produced one test cricketer. And uh, I think tomorrow, um, I'm hopeful that uh, we might have another one uh, making the debut against England uh, called Ramesh Mendis. I'm not sure, but he's in, the, he's in the squad. And I'm hoping he will get this much-awaited break tomorrow. He's a, he's a, uh, he's a batting all-rounder and bowls really well. Uh, as an off spinner. So 
he may get the break tomorrow. I'm not sure if he does. We will rejoice. Can you tell us a little bit about how important cricket is to the cultural life of, of Sri Lanka? We live in a, in a country where rugby, perhaps, and football dominate. But uh, I guess it's very different where you are. Yeah, I mean, uh, Stephen, um, uh, cricket is a religion by itself in Sri Lanka. Uh, after the 96 World Cup, uh, it has grown in abundance uh, island-wide. You see kids, if you travel around the country, play, you know, street cricket everywhere. Cricket is just a passion uh, and a religion. We've also got one of the best uh, schools, cricket infrastructure uh, that exists uh, around the world. So everyone wants to play cricket because that's the professional sport uh, that we have excelled, uh, you know, amongst all sports uh, that exist in this country. You know, uh, following the success of all the legends who have achieved, I mean, like, let's say, whether it's uh, Murali or Kumar Sangakkar or, or let's say, Mahala Jayavadan or, uh, let's say, Sanat Jayasuri, uh, Mahavan Athapath, whoever. You know, all those uh, have been role models. Uh, and uh, Murali more so because he's uh, got the world's uh, best bowling record of 800 wickets and he's also named recently as the most uh, valuable uh, test player of the century. So for a tiny island to have uh, such cricket prowess uh, is something that we can be really proud of. Uh, and, and it's spreading very fast and far away. I mean, even in the north post-conflict, in the recent Lanka Premier League T20 Championship League, we found that there's an up-and-coming leg spinner uh, from the north. And uh, many, many cricketers who are showing such uh, potential skill uh, and, uh, and a lot of scope going into the future. Well, the main reason we got in touch with you, because there was a Glamorgan supporter who'd ended up helping uh, a project in the rural part of Sri Lanka. She got in touch with us or she got involved in the wake of the tsunami. Do you want to say a little bit about that and the impact it had on Sri Lanka and your work? Yeah, uh, you know, we started our project to empower rural disadvantaged communities uh, five years before the tsunami. Uh, and the tsunami struck very badly uh, in my region as well. Uh, of course, I live in Colombo, but uh, I hail from a um, coastal village in the southwest of Sri Lanka, uh, near Gaul, um, close to Hikkadu, a village called Sinigama. And uh, I was there on the day and uh, Murali was going to be the chief guest for a charitable function where we were awarding scholarships uh, to 100 kids. And then, uh, you know, at 9.33 in the morning, uh, people running inland saying the sea is coming. So uh, I had no idea what that meant. Uh, we've heard of a tidal wave, um, not, not a tsunami. So uh, from, my, from my villa, um, you know, when I ran uh, to the gate, uh, all I saw were uh, three-foot waves uh, invading the land uh, furiously. Um, and then um, I had the uh, presence of mind to uh, run through the back roads of the village, pick up the kids who were, you know, um, awaiting their scholarships and took them to safety uh, to higher ground. And after a few minutes, uh, we had the 30-foot waves roll into the, the village. Where if you, even if you come to my villa right now, which is now gifted, as the MCC Center of Excellence, where the Marylebone Cricket Club, um, you know, put up uh, uh, a Center of Excellence uh, on my property, uh, where we now serve, 
you know, thousands of uh, rural kids, uh, youth and women uh, to take advantage of those courses free of course, um, to uh, advance in their careers. So, um, you know, we turn the setback into a blessing. Uh, we harness the waves of compassion to overpower the waves of destruction uh, and put together a very beautiful model uh, that is one of a kind holistic model. Um, but it was a lot of hard work. Um, the benevolence uh, from all of the countries, uh, particularly, um, you know, the UK, uh, I must say, probably uh, was the leading uh, donor, um, you know, given the background and the connections to Sri Lanka. I mean, not that the others didn't do. Uh, I mean, like if I take Australia, US, Europe, everywhere, uh, they were supporting uh, hugely. And I'll tell you, uh, the benevolence that we received, the compassionate gifting all around the world was uh, too numerous to mention, but uh, I, I'm always, uh, since gratitude is the best attitude, I always think of everyone who helped us, um, you know, to raise the profile, um, uh, uh, rise from the mud like a lotus flower, so to say, and then do what we did best in the South. And then we branched out to the uh, rest of the country and still continuing to grow. Uh, but of course, um, it was not an easy journey, uh, but having planned ourselves well with uh, systems, discipline, uh, quality uh, of uh, management, we were able to uh, put together every single cent that we got for the better use and future generations. Uh, productivity and, uh, and, and, uh, and making meaningful lives, um, you know, uh, of, of their forward march. So um, it's been a really fruitful, productive journey. Um, and I'm so glad that the Foundation of Goodness, uh, you know, has, uh, has its presence now in many districts and um, still expanding. So uh, I know the couple you're referring to, uh, Edwina and John, and uh, his son, uh, Ketin, as well, was, was volunteering and coaching, um, you know, our boys at cricket in the sports academy. So I'm very grateful to them as well. But not only them, but there were uh, literally hundreds and hundreds of uh, volunteers who were there uh, for so long, uh, you know, during the last uh, 14, 15 years. Uh, we've had so many schools come and play uh, sport in our village. So it's grown to be like a one-of-a-kind model. And, um, you know, we, we, it's, it's a, you know, it's when adversity strikes, you know, there are also many opportunities that, you know, arise and, uh, you know, come. So, you know, it's, it's to let go what has happened, you know, forget the past, past is gone. Future is the unknown and doing the best you can, living in the moment, you know, giving it your best shot no doubt shapes the future. Kushal, there'll be maybe many people listening who would uh, feel like they want to do something to help and support the work that you're doing. What's the best thing that people can do in that situation? People can volunteer. Uh, people can contribute if they want to uh, into different areas of interest or mandate that they would like us to develop. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, nothing ever great is achieved without taking that first step. So, every little helps for us to uh, advance. So anything um, worthwhile, they can uh, uh, engage. And, uh, you know, uh, nothing is as good as serving humanity. That's the best work of life. 
nothing multiplies so much as kindness and all i can say as per my experience is that goodness is the one investment that never fails and uh, you know it, it's uh, it's something that you can rejoice in advancing years delightfully uh, when you look back uh, and helping others uh, is uh, something that uh, you can be very proud of and uh, it's an expensive gift uh, because you cannot expect from everyone so um, but in whichever way you want to impact other people's lives because giving back to communities that need our help uh, is so special so anything that you can do uh, will be remembered as whatever we do for us uh, will always remain with us but whatever we do for others will remain immortal it's been lovely listening to you kushil um i i want to pass on the the best wishes of all the cricketing family in wales to you with the the good work that you're doing um watching the cricket sri lanka looks like a beautiful country so perhaps when things get better and things improve one of the things we all could do is maybe plan a holiday to your to your homeland please do that and uh, i can tell you sri lanka is like uh, sri lanka is like land like no other uh, and we welcome you warmly and wholeheartedly to sri lanka uh, and if you do come please make a visit to the foundation of goodness and you will never regret giving back to the community and serving mankind we couldn't let kushil go without talking to him a little bit more about the test series between sri lanka and england so i asked him who did he think was going to win the second test ah uh, i i knew that you would ask probably this question um i think uh Sri Lanka is not playing the best cricket they can at this moment so uh England I think has the advantage uh but uh I think we've learned a lot of lessons uh, from the first first test itself so hopefully uh we will try to put up a better show uh than we did uh on the last one uh, as you as you saw when we batted in the second innings we somehow reached the 300 mark um so I guess we can improve from there um but we have to apply ourselves um england uh, uh yeah has a good side uh, i must say but they uh, i i heard joe root saying that they have their weaknesses to work on as well no team is perfect i think we have had our glorious days uh, i think uh, we can manage cricket much better in this country uh, that's my frank and forthright opinion because i feel uh, having worked in villages everywhere i see lots of talent so we need to have um some kind of a strategic management plan going into the future to make our cricket much more professional than we do right now like i hear i heard kumar sangakkar saying that you know we relied on a lot of individual brilliance in the last uh, you know few years or let's say the last decade or more whereas now it's a system that must take you to uh, perform at superior levels uh, where the game is far more developed as you saw how india you know came back uh, even with a depleted side uh, to uh, give that shock to australia thanks very much to kushil and to edwina for giving us their time this week hope you enjoyed this bonus episode you can get in touch with the foundation of goodness at their website which is www. unconditionalcompassion.org that's www. 
unconditionalcompassion.org. All the details are there where you can donate, find out about the volunteering opportunities with the foundation and see the work that they have been doing over the last 20 or so years. Don't forget next week we have our own Alin Rhys Chivers talking to Alin Wynne-Bevan. That's a Welsh language episode. So join us again for some more stories about the great game of cricket in the great country of Wales. Bye for now. Bye for now.